Welcome to the Knowing God Podcast. The hope of this podcast is that it would help you to know the Word of God so that you may ultimately know God. I'm your host, Andrew Rutten. Hey everyone, as you can probably tell by the title of this episode, today's content may be a little more sensitive than normal. Paul's going to be highlighting some specific immoral sins that are sexual in nature. So I just want you to know from the beginning, I won't get too far into it or be graphic at all, but because of the nature of the conversation, I wanted to give you a heads up for yourself or whoever you may be listening with. For today, though, let's read uh, Colossians 3, 5, and then get into it. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Well, we are entering into a new section of Paul's teaching to the Colossians in verse 5. It begins with Paul's continued theme of death to life. And in verse 5 through 11, he's going to give certain things that Christians need to put to death. So this would be like if you had a bad habit and your spouse or a family member or a friend comes to you and says, hey, that has to go. Like that's a bad habit. We got to kill it. It's not good for you. It's not helpful for others. It's annoying. It's whatever. It has to die. Well, Paul is that friend, okay? He's going to tell us, if we are united to Christ, then there are a number of things that need to die in our lives, things that aren't true of us anymore now that we are in Christ. And he's going to start by listing off five aspects of our flesh or sinful life that we need to put to death. Four of them are for sure sexual in nature, I'm persuaded that the fifth one is as well, but we'll get to that in a few episodes. But I think overall, he's saying there's five aspects of sexual sin that need to die in us. And to be honest, because we live in a sexualized culture and sexual sin is rampant in the church, and just historically, this is a struggle for humans, I thought it would probably be helpful to take an episode on each aspect and just discuss the sin or the problem that Paul is specifically telling us to put to death. So we're going to sit in this verse for a week or two. But today, we are going to discuss the first one, which is a little more of an overview. It's kind of a broad look at sexual sin. And the next four, we'll kind of dive into some specific aspects that we need to fight or kill. So Paul begins by saying that we must put to death sexual immorality. This is kind of a broad term for sex outside of marriage. And so today I just want to ask one question. What is the main issue with sexual immorality? That may seem obvious to some, but I think it's helpful for us to ask, why do we need to put this to death? Okay. So to do that, I think we need to first lay the groundwork for why God designed sex. We need to see it rightly so that we can then see the problem with sexual immorality. So there's a lot that could be said here, but at the core, sex is intended to be an act of mutual love and generosity between a husband and a wife. 
Okay, so Ephesians 5, it says that the human marriage is designed as a picture of Christ and his church, of that relationship. Sex, then, at the core, is a picture of intimacy and union between a husband and a wife. And that pictures intimacy and union that a believer has with Christ. Okay, so there's obviously much more to be said. There's much more to be debated about this. But for our purposes, at the very foundation, sex is a unique picture of intimacy and union in a human relationship. And that relationship is to depict the depth of union and intimacy in our relationship with the Lord. It's why in Jeremiah and Ezekiel, there are graphic descriptions of God's people. God says, committing adultery. That's the image he gives it. And he uses that language because sex is a picture of what our faithfulness and intimacy should be with God. And so when we break that, he likens it to the idea of being sexually unfaithful or sexually immoral. Which leads us back to our main question then. If that's the design for sex, what exactly is the problem with sexual immorality? I think the clearest answer to this comes in Paul's teaching in 1 Corinthians. I'm going to give an overview just for the sake of time. I'll lay out his argument, but it all comes from the end of 1 Corinthians 6. So if you want to study that, that's where I'm finding all this. But here's what I think Paul's logic is to the problem of sexual immorality. He says, your body was created by God and for God. And your whole person is now united to Christ through faith in the gospel. And any sexual act is binding your body to another. Therefore, a sexually immoral act, meaning sex outside of the covenant of marriage, is binding you to that person. Okay, does that all make sense? He's saying your body, it was created by God and for God. So your body is to be used in the ways that God has designed it. And on top of that, you are now united to Christ. And the problem with a sexual immoral act is that any sexual act is binding your body in an intimate way with another person, which is great in the context of marriage. It depicts a great union like ours with Christ. Outside of marriage, though, It is binding you to this person that there is no covenant or faithfulness committed. Paul even actually says in 1 Corinthians 6 that if you engage in a sexual act with a person, he quotes Genesis saying, the two have become one flesh. So he's saying there is a deep union here. And he goes on to say, if you are in Christ, you are bringing Christ into that immorality. Because you are united to Christ, you're bringing him into this immoral act. And therefore, he concludes, we must flee sexual immorality and we must commit ourselves to the Lord, our union with Christ, and sex as God has designed it. Okay, I know that was a really quick and a lot of information. So you can either rewind and listen to it again, or better yet, go read 1 Corinthians 6 to see how he says it. But the main problem with sexual immorality is that you are now in Christ and you engaging in sexual immorality is not only damaging for you, 
but also Christ in you, which is a theme here in the book of Colossians. Therefore, Paul says in Colossians 3, 5, we must put that immorality to death. So let me just end with a encouragement and then an exhortation. First, the encouragement. If you have committed sexual immorality and you feel a deep sense of regret or guilt or shame, I want you to know that the Lord is gracious and merciful and abounds in love. Those sins have been paid for. Everything that you have done or will do has been paid for by Jesus Christ. And he does not want you to feel condemnation. He wants you to feel forgiven and freed to walk in holiness today. Okay, so you don't shame or condemn yourself for something in the past that Christ has already paid for. But I also want to encourage you to take this seriously. As you listen to the next few episodes, would you commit to trying to fight sexual sin? All of your sexual sin has been paid for and any in the future will be paid for. But Paul says very clearly in Romans, that does not give us the license to sin. We do not sin because it has been paid for. We walk in holiness because Christ has made us new. And so as we go through these episodes, I want to encourage you to take this seriously. I would also encourage you to talk about this with someone. As we bring up topics or the Lord stirs something in you, tell somebody, walk in the light, as John says, or James says that we are to confess our sins so that we can be healed. Let's openly confess and fight sins in community so that we can walk in healing. So for this episode, I just wanted you to see the weight of sexual immorality and its problem And I want to encourage you to ask the Lord today to take this seriously, to help you in the fight, and then over the next few episodes, let's work to put to death all sexual immorality. Friends, may God bless you and keep you. May he give you favor, grace, and peace.